Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And if you're new, in just a moment, I'm going to be playing an intro, and you'll know if you're in the right place. If you've been here a while, you know you can jump ahead by three minutes. And if you want to know if you even want to listen today, I hope you will. Uh, I have 80 million things I want to cover with you, but I'm going to try to keep it fairly short. Ha! Famous last words. But we're going to take a deep breath. I really want to talk to you about your time, your energy, what's valuable, and how we move forward in a world that is just spinning out of control. And with that, deep breath and see you on the other side. Tell me why! so glad you're here. My name is Jill and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger. In both the fight and the fallout because my heart and mission is to serve you in yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what So, 
We are here today to tell you, WHO globalitarian misanthropists, we are here today to tell you, you picked this fight, you wanted this fight, well guess what, you've got it. Let's fight. Because these brave citizens, my colleagues, and I, we will not tire to fight you every step of the way. These brave seven citizens and millions and millions more around the world, these are the people you will have to reckon with from now on. So what I just played for you, or at least I'm hoping I'm going to play for you as I am experimenting with editing without an editor, was it was, I think her name is Christina Anderson, and she is a member of, I don't know which uh, European Union or European state country parliament, but what I would say is them's fighting words. And here's a woman who is saying, what so many of us are thinking. And part of what that entails is she's trying to be calm but forceful, but there's a lot of emotion behind that statement. There's a lot of energy behind that statement. And the reason I want to point that out isn't about picking the fight or taking the fight to the perceived threat, but rather... I want to have a discussion about our 24-hour day where thinking, logic, reason, feeling, emotion, and fight, flight, freeze, our stress responses, how they all tie up together. And the reason I want to talk about that is that time is moving so quickly. And even though I don't have a lot to do compared to everybody who probably is listening to this, it's a struggle for me to get even a little bit of my to-do list done. I also know, having uh, talked about this quite a bit in my Primal Human Training program, is that if something isn't part of our 24-hour day, it's probably not going to stick with us. What I also know is that if we really want to make any change in our life, it needs to be part of our day or it needs to be so important that we're willing to let go of something that is less important and make room for what we really value. But even more significantly is this reality check around the fact that our attention is constantly being vied for. Things that are free are, very, are rarely easy to get to. I mean, things that are free are really often just tools of manipulation and to capture our attention. They are tools that are being used to keep us in the focus and energetic uh, compartment container of that or who or what is putting out that information. And then you have people like me. There's millions of us competing for people's attention. And it's something I struggle with because I don't want to compete. I don't even want to fight anymore. But I'm like that person that I just played and that person in this intro and that person that I've spoken to you over and over and over again. 
it's just who I am it's what I was born to do so I don't have the energy to fight I've spent a lifetime fighting everything out in the world from systems to people to ideas to my own issues and nothing really resolves as a fight mostly you just get tired even though you may technically win or you may technically lose very little changes in the big picture and that was the most wildly clear to me you know as a social worker in the system I was constantly being attacked for trying to do the right thing the system was so self-protective that it would do anything to save itself at any price to the person or to the idea or the uh, job that it was supposedly trying to save and you know after getting fired almost getting fired and choosing to quit finally I just walked away because it was useless it was not valuable then I put years and years and years in trying to understand motivation why don't we change why are we all committing suicide how can you know diabetics eat sugar how can alcoholics and drug addicts keep using why do we keep doing all these things to ourselves these behaviors that we know are slowly killing us and how come we're getting excited about this uh, I don't even want to call this biological terrorism attack upon us and at the same time we're consuming polluted food polluted water polluted air polluted environments like we are living in a toxic sea devoid of nutrition on a suicide mission right I mean civilization or suicide by civilization is what I call it and so you know I spent so many years trying to understand in myself and others why are we not simply making these changes and for a long time I thought well it's either information education Uh, then I thought it was maybe emotional Uh, then I thought well maybe it's just a lack of motivation and then I thought well maybe it's just a lack of focus but I think at the end of all of this it's just too overwhelming and you know what started for most of us as teenagers as a tiny simple idea that we might have believed we wanted to fight as a cause has manifested into something that touches every aspect of our life in every direction and in every way and even if we had all this fabulous energy and money and skills and things to go out into the world and fight what exactly would it be that we were fighting for who exactly would we be fighting against and what is it that we really think is going to be different I was listening to as you can see I've got this whole uh, female biography history podcast thing I've been listening to and uh, I was listening to Catherine the Great and you know I don't know anything about her Uh, I know there's a Hulu series called I think the Great that's based on her I haven't watched any of it yet but she's super interesting and of course you know people are so much more complex than the way that their history is presented to us and I think a lot of her history has been misinterpreted and manipulated over time to make her seem uh, probably less altruistic maybe than her intentions were but I think that as she got older she's like the rest of us she just got tired because she 
worked so hard. Uh, she came from Prussia, Germany, to be uh, in Russia as a wife. She took that on as her adopted country. She just spent so much time and energy trying to learn and to understand and eventually quite uh, strategically got herself in power into where she could actually make change. And she was doing all this uh, at the same time, 1774-ish, as America was trying to decide what it wanted to do in relationship to King George. And her intentions were extremely good. But the one thing that came out while they were talking about her over and over and over again, and I just thought, God, it never changes. You just can't change the system. You can't make people want to change. You can't make, you can't do enough for anyone else to make it be good enough that they would just want to do it, right? They don't want it. They didn't, it was a feudal system. It had serfs. So, which is where we're headed back to. Uh, and she wanted desperately, there were 8 million serfs in Russia at that time, and she desperately wanted to free the, surf, the serfs uh, in the same way that most of the founding fathers wanted to free the slaves. But you couldn't fight the inertia of the group because most people, while they hate their servitude or the system that they may be trapped in, you just can't change things. There's, there's just a bureaucracy that people will fight for what they know. And it's really difficult to do the right thing, even if it makes all the common sense in the world in the same way any of us ever stick a candy bar, drink a soda, uh, you know, drink tap water. It's just, it's impossible to be perfect. It's impossible to change everyone and everything and create a system in which it's all just going to be okay. And the end of that rabbit hole is that we really only have the ability and the capacity to manage ourselves. And even that has become, I think, if you're like me and what some of the comments I see, it's just overwhelming enough trying to get through the day. And it just comes back to that same question I had so long ago, like, what's wrong with us? Why do we keep making these decisions that are fueling a, a negative effect on us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? And we all do it. And so, you know, what I've really taken away in my uh, lifetime of looking at all these issues is that... The only real change that we ever make in our life is the one that we decide. And usually that's accompanied with a tremendous amount of pain, right? The pain becomes greater than the problem that we've been trying to avoid. The other thing I know is that if we don't put it into our 24-hour day or our weekly cycle, if it doesn't become routine, it almost always falls by the wayside. Because it's just, there's just too much. Like, I don't know, I heard this somewhere. I don't remember how the exact joke goes. But, uh, you know, for a man, a to-do list is when he's done for the day. Uh, a woman's to-do list never completes, right? And I don't know any woman that doesn't have a list that's 
full of 60,000 items, it's never going to become complete. And there's that constant nagging feeling of, oh, there's just more to do, more to do, more to do. Even uh, as I was trying to to do the podcast, you know, I didn't want to because there's all these other things I need to do. I wasn't really ready to sit down and talk with you yet, but I have this tiny window. The dogs are in the playpen. It's not too hot yet. Uh, and I didn't do it this morning because I wanted to attempt this little editing uh, project here. Uh, and I needed to have a different setup, you know, than I'm on my phone. And so I made myself sit down and do it, even though I don't have everything organized and perfect the way it's in my head. Uh, And even though I know, you know, I'm desperately trying to get into some rhythm and system with you right now, podcasts Tuesday and Fridays, uh, I'm aware that most of you are just overwhelmed. Uh, I'm aware that most of you, when I look at at who listens, uh, it's a small list compared to who signed up that actually listen. And... Most people who are engaging do listen within that first 24 hours. Now, sometimes there's people who listen later and comment. And unfortunately, the way the comment system is set up, uh, if you haven't commented, you know, in the first 48 hours, and I usually can't catch those long-term comments uh, because of, like I said, the way that this particular program, the Substack program works, I don't see that it doesn't move the comments someplace where I can see them. Uh, so they get buried and I don't see them from you. But other people will. So I'm not saying don't comment. But but I'm hyper aware that we're all struggling and the world's getting crazier and the struggling is getting more difficult. And so I'm constantly racking my brain like, what's the point? What can I talk about? How can this be relevant? And I keep coming back to these same simple things is that if whatever we do in a 24-hour day, that's what's important. Now, I can't, I mean, technically I could, you know, put a podcast out every day, but I don't want to because there's nothing I have to say that's that valuable. Uh, So I would rather do less and have it be more in content than just noise. Uh, I don't want to talk exclusively about current events because those things are just symptoms. They're just effects. They don't go to the root cause, right? What is it really that's starting all these things out and around us? And what is it about the world that captures our attention that we can't even focus within our own tiny life and make the changes that would make the quality of our life so much better. And that, again, always brings me back to the 24 hours and the magic formula. And one of the things, you know, that's going on out in the world is that there's this demonization of feelings. You know, I get over and over and over men uh, comment or they make uh, comments in their videos and podcasts about logic and reason. Well, if we would just return to logic and reason, usually said with some degree of anger. And it makes me crazy because that is so not the way it works. And so as I was, you know, sitting in my own fatigue here thinking, what is it if I couldn't, if I could only do one thing and it wasn't an act, it wasn't a physical act because I can't really put more physical action into my life. I do as much as I can do, but it's not very much compared to what needs to be done and compared to what I'd like to do. And, you know, what I really came around to is what I called, at the end of the day, focused energy. 
Now the magic formula for creating change in whether you want to do it in the physical world or you look at it from how I create my reality version, thought plus feeling plus action. If you can align what you think, what you feel, and how you act, that is your most powerful stance. And I've told you over and over, right, ideas without action don't have a lot of value in your immediate world, in the short term. But what's more valuable than action is our capacity to focus our energy. And what I really mean by that is, you know, focus is the ability to to be more of a laser and less of the storm. It's more of the eye of the storm, the calm of the storm. It's simple. It's not complex. And when I use the word energy, I'm really talking about emotion. And, you know, this is where we'll get into semantics, and I have no interest in discussing that because the point is I'm trying to make a point, not use uh, the word that makes everybody happy because there's no such thing in the world today. But feeling is what we'll call the reactivity versus emotion, which is an intentional decision. And so when we can process our feelings, which is to me the power of the journaling, get all that crap out, get all that push chaos and crazy out of us. When we can process our feelings and get rid of all the junk and settle on what that core emotion is, that's the energy we have. That's what you, when you heard this lady speaking, you know, you want to fight, you've got it. That's her taking all of her anger and frustration, all the craziness, pulling it all together into a very cohesive, energetic, focused statement. But you absolutely know what she's talking about. And you absolutely know that when something is very important to you and you have a lot of strong energy around it, it isn't chaos. It comes into a highly focused point. And what's different, I think, in my experience and observations as I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the wired for danger, the fight and the flight, how we respond to a dangerous situation, is that part of the response to danger is the willingness to have a lot of energy, which can be violence, or it can be love. This capacity of our wiring to hold a lot of energy, but also to face a lot of energy. And, you know, I I made a podcast recently called about too much and what I was trying to communicate in that podcast about too much is that people who are freeze and flight people they don't like a lot of energy directed at them and that makes them shut down and it makes them run away right or disassociate to tune out change the channel uh, avoid you know all those things that make the rest of us who have a lot of energy recognize that we are not welcome, we are not wanted, unless there's a real emergency happening on. And then when you're a kid, it's like, you're bad, you're wrong, you're broken, stop it. And so, you know, if you understood all this as a parent, you could direct that energy in a positive way. I was, uh, I watched this, uh, uh, what's the word I want, documentary on punk rock, and I don't know who he was, because uh, that's what was, emerged when I was a teenager. And he still looked completely crazy, but he said, he said, I had so much rage and violence in me. Had I not been a musician on stage, 
Uh, I would have killed somebody. And, you know, that's that channeling. The energy is going to be there. There's no way to not have that energy. But when you can focus it, when you can focus it constructively, you know, I used to tell the moms uh, who had the meth babies, I said, listen, this kid's probably going to be, at that time I wasn't using uh, Wire for Danger, but uh, I said, you know, that kid's going to be probably thrill-seeking because, danger-seeking because of, uh, you know, the, the impact of the stimulant on the fetus. And I said, you'll have a choice. You can either channel that child into something positive like rock climbing, search and rescue, or law enforcement, or that kid's going to be a criminal because the same brain wants that rush. It's how you focus it and how you channel it. And, you know, we are wired to hold different amounts of energy comfortably. And so when I talk about this idea of focused energy, what I'm really talking about, you know, purging, processing out the feeling, the chaos, the overwhelmingness of whatever the idea is, the upsetness, the anger, all those things that rush you. When you can get all that out of you, and then you can settle down and get to the bottom line, you can choose the emotion that you want to channel, what you want to focus. And, you know, the power of focus isn't the right words. It's the intention. It's the idea. That focus of energy is really the two most empower powerful parts of the capacity to change, not just in the world, but in the ethers, in the connectedness, in the cosmos, in that place that we're all together at, you know, he or she with the most focus wins. And the dominant focus is what is projected out around us in a collective way. And so, you know, what we're seeing around us is not a bunch of random strangers doing bad things to us. What we're seeing is what our collective consciousness is projecting out away from us because we don't want to deal with it. And that's when Wired for Danger rises to the occasion. Oh my gosh, look at all these terrible things that are happening. It's time for us to get in gear and pay attention. And this is a moment in time where, man, if you are not paying attention, it must be, it's shocking to those of us who can't not pay attention. But when you want to pay attention and you're just too tired and you're too overwhelmed and you're too frustrated and, you know, people are never going to change. You're right. There's nothing that's going to change around us. But our most powerful tool we can do at any point and as long as we want within any 24-hour period. And that is to choose to make the decision to be what we want to focus on in how we want to focus it, on which emotional as energy, whether it's peace, whether it's calm, whether it's strength, whether it's healing, whether it's creativity, whether it's optimism and joy, whether it's uh, discipline and vigilance, it doesn't matter what it is. That's your decision. That's your work. That's your life. The process of it is something we all share. There's no secret to it, and there's no exception from it. We can call it lots of different names. We can package it up. Uh, we can call it anything we want. Prayer, the secret, uh, the mystical, blah, 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 the, you know, the magic formula, the holy grail. You can go all day long with these secret 
uh, BS kind of things. At the end of the day, it's all the same thing. It's focused energy. It's your thought and your emotion. And then when you add your activity, your action, your investment, whether it's money, time, energy, what you're investing in is your action. That's how things change. But if you're on the front of the bell curve, you may not see things change. Uh, I was listening to somebody about something. You know, I usually have podcasts running in the background just to kind of, it's help. It's an ADHD thing. If you, if you occupy the chatter in your brain with somebody else talking, I can get more things done uh, in a practical way. So, you know, morning is dishes, bed, cleaning, blah, 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 dogs, cooking, all that kind of stuff. So it helps me to have chatter. And uh, it was a guy who's late to the party. And so I don't care as he's making discoveries about things that are very old news. <laughs> and I was thinking how it's lonely when you're way on the front of the curve because you're focused on things nobody else is talking about. And it's extremely difficult to get support out in the world to hear the ideas that may be in your mind, that may be in your heart, that may be part of your, like me, your need to connect with, to stay motivated, to stay on topic, to stay focused with. And I think it makes it much more difficult to hold that focused energy when so much of what's going on around us is the past. It's the historical evidence of of thought that you may have had 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? Like the lizard people. Well, that's like 30, 40 years old for me. I'm not interested in learning about lizard people or lizard whatever's entities other than, well, at least something, you know, new things are coming to the awareness of the general public, and that's positive. You know, we're seeing shifts in what we're willing to entertain as an idea. Um, it's, but it's boring. And so it's really hard when, when the cutting edge in the mainstream media is boring. But that's the way the bell curve works, right? Everybody's in a different place within the curve. And uh, one of the things, you know, I've been doing is sort of dancing around what the cutting edge is because I know nobody wants to know what it is. Uh, but I have thought of a better way to say it. At the end of the rabbit hole that nobody wants to look and the most dangerous of all truths is drumroll responsibility. Uh, and that's really uh, why I don't like to talk about it because no matter what idea I chase down at the end of it, it's always responsibility. Uh, and if there's one thing I found from my work as a therapist and a social worker, it's the one thing nobody wants. And the, the, the evolution of our spirit within this world is really the evolution of how much responsibility we're interested in taking in this particular lifetime. But the, the things that are most important that go along with responsibility is accountability and staying focused on what it is that we want to be responsible for. And it's so easy to get distracted because we live in a world of constant distraction. So uh, I just, I guess I said I was going to be short and I absolutely have not been short today. So let's just sum this up is that I really uh, think that we can figure out a way to be powerful even when we're overwhelmed and we're tired and we don't have any more time in our 24-hour day 
Uh, we can decide if there's little things within that 24 hours we can let go of and take a few minutes to purge, to get the feelings out and to reclaim them as energy, naming the emotion that we want to hold on to and focus with that in whatever arena that makes us happy or that's for the work of that day. Uh, I was looking at the dogs and, you know, I get resentful because I didn't want dogs and they take up so much energy and time each day. And uh, it's been super hot. Today's our last super hot day. And she was really, the girl dog was really struggling uh, last night. And I felt so bad because there's only so much I can do, which is hilarious. Like if I try to cool them down with water, they act like I'm trying to kill them, (laughs) which is hilarious. The spray bottle has become the most evil object in the house. But um, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, I can't not participate with them. Like there is no crisis out in the world other than you know a real like the literally the house is on fire emergency that would capture my attention more than wanting to take care of my animals and so you know I was as I'm talking to you you know it's like how can we reframe that and if I can take my focused energy in terms of caring and compassion and strength as love then that counts that's part of that focused energy only it has a target in my day but the energy doesn't care the energy doesn't really care what the activity or the action is it only cares what the energy is you know God as we understand it isn't you know speaking English and defining words it's an energy it's an energy that is an emotional feeling is how we read it that's how we know what emotion we're focused on is by how we feel but there's a lot of crap out there that needs to get purged out on a regular basis and that to me is the power of the journal so I just wanted to uh, touch base on that I have to tell you one thing I heard one more thing there was that uh, earthquake talking about you know emergencies uh, and not being ready for them in the crises there was a the earthquake in Alaska and Apparently it had started snowing, so they they felt the earthquake and everybody is running outside, uh, barefoot and in their shorts with somebody outside. Can you imagine having an earthquake and then you run outside because you think it's been warm during the day and it's snowing at night? You know, waiting for the tsunami in your shorts and bare feet <laughs> in the snow. So when there's emergency, we will rise to the re- uh, occasion and we will act. But for the rest of our day we are all in a place where we've got too much to do most of us are too tired trying to get it all done Uh, and extreme temperatures extreme cold and extreme heat make it all the worse but what we can do that doesn't take really any extra time it just takes a little bit more effort is to understand who we are doing it and if we can be that focused energy then we are contributing in a way that is infinitely more powerful than any speech or activity or action or dollar or anything. Focused energy, which is really uh, naming what you want to think about and naming the feeling as the emotion you choose and intentionally putting those two things together 
And if we can put it in your heart, it will be infinitely more powerful there. So just a little something to think about here on this Tuesday morning. I hope it finds you well. All right. Deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.